You see, there is only one constant, one universal. It is the only real truth, causality. Action, reaction, cause and effect. Download and listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Welcome, Rewinders, and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master hacker interrupter powers. You mean me, me, me. (laughs) (laughs) Also for the discussion of the film, The Matrix Reloaded, we welcome back aboard uh, the tactics officer of the pod, Kitos Ruiz. Thank you for having me back. Always yeah. a pleasure to have you back, Kitos. And in addition to Kitos, we welcome back aboard a host of the Enthusiast podcast, David Gardner. Welcome back, David. Thank you for having me, Francisco. Glad to be back aboard the ship. Awesome. And this is actually your third time on the pod. You know Whoa. what that means. You, you, I, you owe taxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, send me the i work for the government now so you know just let me know all right uh, i think it means i become a member official member of the crew that is correct you become a shipman of the pod so what department would you like to serve in tactical research tactical Ooh. research okay interesting uh then you'll probably be working under ketos so just be aware of that. He's going to be a slave driver sometimes. I got uh, a whole list of games in. for you to play. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, congratulations, David. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for The Matrix Reloaded? Wow. That was reloaded several times. But all right. <laughs> Matrix Reloaded was released May 7th in the year 2003. It runs 18 minutes over the two-hour mark and is rated R. It was directed and written by the Wachowski brothers, and who knows what they're going by now, depending on when you hear this. (laughs) The lead stars being Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Carrie Moss, and the music was composed by Don Davis. Are you ready for the box office trivia? I am ready, Kitos and David. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Fire away. I'm ready. Awesome. And everyone watching live, feel free to join in as well. Paul, go ahead. All right. The Matrix Reloaded was made for around 130 to $150 million and earned over $730 million at the box office. Wow. wow. That's so much. So given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in the year 2003, how high do you think it, rem- it ranks among the other box office Sorry, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the other movies released theatrically in 2003? We'll go for the top 50. Top 50. Okay, let's start with David. What is your guess? I'm going to guess number five. Five? Kitos? I'm going to guess number one. Number one. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to guess number three. Uh, let's see. Uh, D Tungsten guesses four. Neko guesses two. So we're all, all right. we, have we all top have five. a high, a high <laughs> yeah. view of this here. Uh, let's see. Uh, any other guesses? And of course, Bobo says forty-two or maybe two. All right. 
<laughs> All right, Paul, what was the, where did it rank in the top 50 movies of 2003? I'm sorry, but Lord of the Rings Return of the King came at of number course, 1. Of course, I forgot about that one. Oh, wow. So Matrix Reloaded came in at number 3, and you got it right anyway, Captain. Yes, that's right. Oh, wow, nice. I mean, I mean, I accept uh, this honor with great gratitude, and uh, you know, a, a uh, Disney movie helped that because Finding Nemo was number two. So I'm sure you. Appreciate oh, really? Wow. Well, um, no, 2003 no, was a good year. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it was the number one rated R movie until Deadpool, so that's why I think a lot of people put it high. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, very cool. And thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once else. Let's locate our target film. Alert, alert. Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. Are you, fellas? He's just a man. Kill him. <laughs> What if I asked you to stay out of this, no matter what, to stay out of the Matrix? Why? I can't lose you. You're not gonna lose me. The Matrix Reloaded Rated R starts Thursday, May 15th. Wow, that's a lot of action. It is a lot of action. It started May 13th. It's reloaded our memories, in fact. And here's your memory mind melt synops synopsis of The Matrix Reloaded. Oh, sorry. Perry White's calling. <laughs> the Matrix Reloaded. Operator. <laughs> it was a Morpheus joke, if you get the whole Superman connection. <laughs> Neo is the chosen one doing his Superman thing, and we get shown around Zion with everyone looking, uh, coming up to Neo very starry-eyed. Then find out the Sentinels are coming. Trench-coated Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ted Theodore Logan visits the Oracle and is jumped by a thousand Agent Elrons <laughs> by a park bench. <laughs> Insane chase down a freeway with Trinity, some dreadlock dudes, and a guy with the key to everything. Uh, to everything, including a bike. After a showdown on the freeway, Neo is uh, stuck at a train station in and out of the Matrix with the help of the Keymaster, but no gatekeeper. <laughs> they are able to set Neo free. Uh, but Trinity dies, so Neo pulls Bullet out of Trinity and then uses powers in the real world to destroy a machine that gets completely knocked out by using his powers. Neo is laying in the infirmary with a fellow freedom fighter. Unfortunately, Agent Smith has somehow hacked the body, and it's time for the movie. Um, I mean, a lot of that was right, but there were definitely some elements that were... Decepted. Whoa. Particularly the whole train thing doesn't happen until the next movie. Almost. But based on those memories, as flawed as they were, what rating did they did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with uh, Kitos this time. Oh, so easy. Classic. Classic. Uh, I thought it would be a classic. Yeah. Okay. David, what was your prediction? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. How about you, Paul? I'm one of those weird people that actually liked this movie, so I predicted uh, classic. <laughs> you said it's like seven hundred thirty million. I don't think yeah. you're one, well, a lot of one people of are few. like 
no, only the first movie exists. You know, that kind of thing. Like the yeah. other two aren't as Nathan good. Nathan James so. Norman. We'll get to your comment later. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for me, I also predicted classic. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if those predictions pan out. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked about The Matrix Reloaded. Let's boot up our... Best three. Or best two in the case of us having two guests. So let's begin with David. What is something you uh, enjoyed about The Matrix Reloaded? Um, I really liked the visual style um, and kind of even the contrast between zion or the real world in this one and the matrix you could tell that you know there is a difference yeah except for one part um when the people are coming in that technical that thing is very clean for zion yeah yeah oh, the old all white space and thing and no that's mm -hmm. in the matrix they're plugged in <clears throat> no 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 it's yeah, in the yeah, construct yeah. no it's in the construct just well, like in the first movie it's like no, he's start, because they start in that those, white area those people that are doing like in the white screen they show later that they're all plugged in it's yes, like a ver it, into the construct that is the the program for that simulation of the flight control Wait, so you're not saying the white thing is in the real world no. The white room. Okay, sorry. I thought that's what you were saying. I don't get what this construct is. I, I, okay, so you know okay, did what's you, too I don't know clean? How... The, the 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 area that they're seated around that they're plugged into for the real world? He said a part of the real world was too clean. Is that correct? Oh, maybe David? I misunderstood. Yeah, go ahead, well, David. Well, uh, I mean if if you think it's a program that the uh gatekeepers in Zion are in, then that's fine. Because it's very wide, it's very yes. pristine, mm -hmm. it's almost like um, if they're in a program, that's fine. But I always thought, you know, like, why would they have, you know, those people be in a program? It's very clean for the everything else being, you know, industrial dank yes. as Zion is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's, so wait, this is a thing you liked or disliked? I, uh, I thought oh, it was I cool. It. It's I like liked, they're in an Apple store. <laughs> I like the, I, I like the contrast. I like the way they visual, like they put a clean line between the real world and the world of the matrix. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, I would agree with that. It's, it's seeing that contrast is is cool. Not only in like the way they color grade it, but also the overall visuals of it. Yes. And so just to put a cap on that, I if you've seen the first movie, I actually rewatched the first movie just yesterday. And they yeah, actually have <laughs> this construct. Oh, that's awesome, Keith. This construct program that they talk about where right. that's where uh, Morpheus first tells Neo about the matrix. Like they the first are off in this white room yeah that is part of the construct program so it can be anything they need it to be yeah. uh before they sort of hack into the matrix a signal um or the broadcast or whatever you call it so i feel like this that flight control thing white area is just i don't know why they couldn't do all that within the real world maybe there's Easier. just i don't know there's a way a better way of interacting with the all the myriad of controls they need to do yeah it's more efficient uh, yeah Regardless, um, uh, Kitos, were the any of the visuals something that made your like list, or was it something else? Um, well, yeah, I, I love the visuals of the Matrix. Um, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but definitely something that I liked a lot was uh, the 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 when they describe how ghosts, vampires, and werewolves were exiled oh, yes. programs. Yes. And it, it's I I just love that connection to our our world and how we come up with myths and stories and mm -hmm. stuff and how it was 
how they put it into the matrix. Uh, yes. I love that because it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. It's like these things that shouldn't really exist in our world with rules, but they do because they're programs that are from either previous matrixes or, you know, they just or refuse to go away. Or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. It's similar to a callback to the first Matrix movie of like explaining deja vu. Deja vu. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I was about to yeah. say that, Paul. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely cool story elements and lore elements that um, mm-hmm. just make it all the more uh, realistic. Isn't quite the word I, I would go for, but I, I, grounded. Um, grounded. Grounded. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ah, very cool. Um, Paul, what was uh, what grounded this movie into your likes? The actors, I really mm. enjoyed the cast, especially Hugo Weaving. I don't every scene that he was in, I just oh so He's, enjoyed. He it. is. He uh, would you say he hams up his performance? Not, I don't know. It's he, he plays. He, he really I, walks I, that line. Yeah, there's. I would say he chews the scenery, but I, I. But that's often like negative. But he really makes everything of it and it's just so enjoyable to watch absolutely absolutely uh so that particular character you really like the acting for hugo weaving yeah hugo weaving yeah for me um i really liked uh sort of going back to what you were saying david i like the scene zion from the from the dock and all the cores, just seeing all the different elements of Zion and seeing finally getting to see that city that they set up in the that they talked about in the first one. I thought they just it made a lot of sense. I feel like part of me on on after watching that one and the uh, Reloaded and Revolutions, I felt like that seems like a lot for them to have just sort of made with a minimal number of people. Um, like so many like layers of depth and especially if it's spoilers for the next one, it's destroyed six times. How are this number of people making all of that every single time? That's the help of the machines. I I guess. Because I doubt they dug it with their bare hands. (laughs) (laughs) But I wonder how much of the city gets destroyed when they destroy all the people of Zion. That's if you even believe it, but we won't go there. Okay. (laughs) All right. Fair. Fair. Yes. By the way, everyone uh, listening, we may go into, if you've only seen Reloaded and Never Revolution, we may, we're probably going to have to dive into spoilers of Revolution. So be aware of that as well. It's all uh, one movie. He, okay. But so th- <laughs> that was something I, I'm just sort of like adding to two of your likes. I, so I to Dave's like there and also adding to um, Kitos is like um, that they have this grounding of different ideas. But I also like just the ideas they played with of control and choice and fate and the sort of philo- more philosophical uh, notions that we sort of grapple with in our day to day. Mm hmm. Are the things I liked. Uh, but let's get into our classic makers, the things we love the most about Matrix Reloaded, the things we wish they could just, that would make us just reload this into our DVD or Blu-ray or streaming service over and over again. Uh, let me go with Paul this time. That's a weird setup for this. Um, because, <laughs> Paul! Um, I don't well, need your my, my, my classic maker is actually the dialogue and the writing. It's... Oh, um, wow. Uh, it... It, it when they especially in the scenes where they say um like for example not everyone believes what you believe and then the response of morpheus like my beliefs don't require them to yes but oh, yes the whole the whole conversations hey. about choice and causality and purpose yeah. and oh, I know. 
they yeah. go deep into all of those and i just love it i think the the Me writing too. is exquisite on yeah. those topics mm-hmm. gives you so much to munch on yeah uh, afterwards and that was actually let's see oh no that wasn't my uh, class maker but <clears throat> that was just something that just was so i love when there's so much meat in a movie especially something that's so uh uh, um, such, especially for genre movies like sci-fi and yeah. fantasy when there's so mm-hmm. much extra whether it's spiritual or philosophical or ethical or other other things that are that we re- can relate to in our, our day-to-day that you can explore ideas it's, it's yeah. really fantastic you usually don't get these this kind of level on and and from action movies let alone yes. any yeah. movie at all yeah, yeah. usually doesn't Absolutely. go this deep so yeah to them um, I will say it did take me a few viewings to sort of get what they were saying, especially the yeah. Merovingian with what I, I it was like, what are you saying right now? I'm, oh, I'm yeah. And there's so commentaries sure. if if you have the, the commentary tracks where they go even deeper into all of that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I have to watch it with those on. That's, awesome. that's awesome. Uh, very cool. So, yeah, that's your classic maker. Fantastic. Uh, David, what was your classic maker for Matrix Reloaded? Um, I liked not only connected to this, but the, there's a couple of things connected to this movie, the kind of extra universe they created with this, not only just in this movie, but things leading up to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a video game, uh, enter the matrix yes. where, you play, mm. where you play as Niobe and ghost uh-huh. throughout mm-hmm. most of the thing and kind of play along. And instead of it being like, okay, we're just going to make a redo of, of this movie. They're saying, hey, let's tell an additional part of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, how did they get the information from the Osiris? Oh, um, cool. You know, there, um, and there's also the Animatrix. Yeah. Actually, yep. that yeah. They show the Osiris, Osiris mailing it. Mm-hmm. Then you mm-hmm. re- get the mailing in the Enter the Matrix game and then go to that meeting oh, where really? everybody shows in. So all these things are connected. That's so cool. And instead of just repeating themselves or doing like Star Wars Visions did, we'll just tell stories alongside it or they don't have to be true. They put things that were connected uh-huh. to the story of the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. And I love like in the Animatrix how you find out how Kid woke himself up. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool, and just knowing knowing his backstory some, which you don't yeah. need to enjoy this movie or the other movies. You don't need any of that, but it just adds to the adds to the overall meal of the Wait. Matrix, I guess. Kid, mm-hmm. is that the enthusiastic boy who keeps following Who's, you? Yeah, exactly. Yes. So oh, I thought. Him. I'm sorry. I haven't. I I haven't seen the Animatrix in over ten years, but oh, okay. because it. Re- but going back to this movie, Reloaded, I thought he said he was thanking Neo for saving him. If he woke, if Kid woke himself up, how did Neo quote unquote save him? Because Neo's the one who contacted him and let him know to. I forget. I haven't seen the animatrix in a long time either. Okay. But I remember that essentially. Spoilers that- for this for this one. He actually like almost commits suicide, but he's not. He's actually like in. By throwing himself out of this school building, he's waking himself up. Nice. I, I forget exactly how that transpires, but that's what happens. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it, that's a, a, a cool thing for me. But uh, so that's so your your classic maker, David, is that there's all this other uh, lore that sort of gets uh, that is a part of this. Did I understand yeah. that correctly? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Ultimately. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. World building. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The world building. Uh, Kitos, what was your classic maker for this movie? 
Uh, so mine actually goes pretty hand in hand with uh, Paul's. Mm. I, I loved the philosophical discussions that everyone was having in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. Especially the counselor, right? When he's talking to Neo in the engine room. Yeah. Uh, late at oh, night. Oh, yeah. About how they're we, interdependent we, with the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's talking about how, you know, they're, you know, it's funny because the machines are coming to kill them, right? But they mm-hmm. themselves are sitting there living with machines, keeping them alive. Exactly. And then at the same time, um, it's like, are they a prisoner to the machine as well? Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. these machines are keeping them alive. You know, how different is it from the Matrix? You know, I, I love that. that That's a that yeah, idea to think that, on. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Um, my classic makeup, though, is something just very visceral and not at all philosophical. <laughs> that freeway chase scene Oh my gosh, I was so enraptured with it and it was Mm -hmm. just so thrilling. I had forgotten, I, I, all I could remember was the, um, how cool it was when uh, Trinity and the the key maker were on the motorcycle. That's the only part I really remembered. I didn't remember all the other parts. Right. So it was just so thrilling. I just enjoyed that uh, so, yeah. so much. I love what uh, Morpheus said right before that that part um, where what? Trinity says, you've, oh, always, yes. you've always told us going on the freeway is suicide. And then yes. Morpheus says, let us hope I was wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that was oh, so, so good. good. awesome guys well those are our classic makers uh for the matrix reloaded um and i guess it's time to oh yeah sorry guys i need to reload this whole section because there's something else i forgot Geek Devotions. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast Calm Talk, and written articles along, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. That's great, Francisco. Did you say that because Geek Devotions is here in the chat? No, I didn't say it because of that. But this is a very geek-centric movie, and I'm sure they... I, I don't know if they've ever covered The Matrix in their geek devotions. For some reason, I feel like they may have. But well, they were on our review of the first Matrix movie. I mean, that's why. Yes, of course that's why. <laughs> and, they, and at least one of them might be helping us out on the next Matrix movie. Exactly. And they're also part of the Culture Box Network, which we are Retro Rewind Podcast is also a part of. So is that enough of a tie-in for you, Paul? Um, I suppose, but what does that have to do with this movie? I just told you, it's geeky. This movie's uh, geeky. Uh, okay. That's what you liked about this movie. Okay, how about some trivia, Paul? Because yeah, yeah, apparently that, I'm not yeah. making a headway here with you. <laughs> all right. So did you all realize that the ship referred to as the Hammer, which is, oh, what was the captain's name? It's not Niobe's ship, uh, Locke. Hit. Uh, the boxer's ship. Yes, the boxer. Uh, yeah, Locke isn't the main captain of all the military of Zion. Yeah, I forget his name. Uh, Roy I, Jones Jr. That's his name. In the yeah, the actor's name is no, if it's the boxer, it's Roy Jones. I Jr. don't care about. It. I want the in in movie name. I, I, I want his uh, hacker name. <laughs> I want his hacker name. Uh, um. Well, if you can find it, awesome. But uh. 
I am desperately looking for it quickly okay. and what, what, not succeed. What is succeeding. the hammer referred to? Is that well, after- I'm going to get there. I'm going to get oh, okay. there. I was just trying to. Oh, Soren. Oh. No, not Soren. No, Roll, Roland. Roland. Okay, we'll go with Roland. Roll it down the it's, river. It's one of those. Anyway, uh, his uh, his ship. His name was the Hammer, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, but it's actually labeled and actually named Mjolnir, uh, a difficult to pronounce name Very until uh, Thor essentially. Yes. This explains why nobody calls it by its real name. Mjolnir is the name of the famous Hammer of Thor, the Nordic god of thunder. Okay. You mean My question, Mew? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, from Thor, Mew Mew. Mew Mew. That's the name of his remember. hammer, Mew that's, Mew. That's what they call it. I don't because they that. can't pronounce it. They call it. Okay, <laughs> it's been too long since I've seen Thor. Anyway, <laughs> if you guys, uh, Paul, Kitos, and David, were to cap captain a Zion ship, what biblical or mythological character would you name the ship after? So, uh, Morpheus had the Nebuchadnezzar, which is a, a Bible name. I'm one of the kings of Babylon. Uh, Niobe had the logos, which is actually the word uh, or truth in Greek. Uh, and then uh, the hammer Milnor is uh, related to Thor. So what is your guys's? Uh, Paul, let's go with you. What would you name your ship? Mine would be Jonah because we could survive three days and the Sentinels come right out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Jonah. Okay. I, I like it. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, the Nathan. The Nathan. Um, okay. Yep. Standing right in the face of the other bad guys. Very good, cool. Oh, I thought direction. you liked being stoned. Oh wait, that was that Nathan. Stephen was stoned. Stephen was stoned. Darn it! Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Speaking I'm sure of, more than just Stephen, but. Yeah. Uh, and how about you, Kitos? Speaking of stone, I would name mine the Medusa. Or oh, Medusa. Nice. nice. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. Just don't look at it. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would, would you like, essentially, you would yours have like leftover arms and stuff from the Sentinels attached to it? Absolutely. Yeah. To like, yep. to, no, to, like I, I would, instill fear would, in the Sentinels. Yeah, exactly. I would, I would, the any Sentinels we killed, I'd put them on as like, you know, <laughs> trophies like or whatnot. Trophy, yeah. Or uh, nice. award them. Love it. Uh, and oh, let's see, in, uh, in chat, we have the cellcast says the Godzilla. Very nice. Um, and then Neko says, I call it, uh, rock rolling and rocking would be his. All right. Uh, Babo says the Cassandra, cause no one would believe I have a ship. <laughs> okay. Is that what Cassandra means? I don't know. The Cassandra, uh, Cassandra, uh, Cassandra warned about the Trojan horse and nobody oh. believed her. Thank oh. you. Thank you. Oh. I think she was mythologically cursed for no one to believe her. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it, Baba. Very nice. Well, uh, so that is your trivia for this time. That's cool. Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you. And uh, let's find out what memories you, our Radical Rewinders, had to say about The Matrix Reloaded. John Harju says that it was the only one in the series worth watching. Whoa. Wow. Stanley Wright says, Lord Elrond told us the ring must be destroyed. Whoops, wrong movie. (laughs) When you have a cast like this, it's hard not to make an epic movie. This is one of my favorite of the series. Cinematography took a huge leap forward in this movie. 
Nathan James Norman says, hmm, I think y'all have been deceptive. They only had made one Matrix movie. I wish they'd made a sequel. But in all seriousness, my friend's mom was the stunt woman for Carrie Ann Moss in the motorcycle chase scene. That's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Becky Smith says, this movie is considered retro? What year is this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is currently 2021 when we're recording this, and this came out in 2003, so almost 20 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Philip Hurd says, first Matrix film I saw in the theater, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. The world building and action were solid and held my interest. Steve Hamilton says, the twins, the key master set, and of course, the semi-truck freeway fight was awesome. Awesome. And apparently that's, uh, yeah. So thank you all for sharing your memories. And Nathan's leads us right into the things we didn't like about the Matrix, the things we wish we had just like ejected from the holster or, uh, yeah, the clip we, never mind. It, uh, the joke just fell flat. Um, so let's go. No need to reload that one. Just keep going. Like about the Matrix reloaded, booting up bar. Yes, bring up our worst three, uh, or worst two in this case. Uh, and let's, I'm going to start uh, this time by saying, uh, and this is, this is a, I guess you, this isn't a legitimate quibble, some might say, because, hey, it's, well, it's, it's great for the time. Well, I don't care. I want things to stand the test of time. And I feel like the CG for Keanu was pretty obvious when he was doing his Superman's in a lot, especially when he goes up in the moonlight, that seemed like, and gets you sort of get a close up on his face. It seemed very yeah. plasticky. So what's so weird is that at the time, um, I didn't notice it while watching in the theaters because it, this technology was so new at the time. I think since then, our eyes have been trained to kind of look for gra- uh, gradual yeah. shading and highlighting uh-huh. that makes mm-hmm. it look r- more rubbery. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but to to go off what you said, like the whole. Uh, scene of him fighting the the tons of agent smith that's my favorite scene in the whole movie yes uh, but as it progresses it gets more and more cg and it's kind of frustrating it's still fun yeah. to watch but yeah, yeah oh, i totally. understand on the cg it's <laughs> yeah uh, another thing is is that in the speaking of the cg and i'm sorry if i'm stepping on anyone else you're fine um the whole thing, like the first movie was great with the bullet time. They'd freeze it and turn it. Every time that they froze the action down or even turn it, it was all like CG models. It wasn't live action. Yeah, it, it, like in the first it, one. It right. Like, it was yeah. frustrating. It's like, okay, you have these cool action scenes. Okay, slow down and turn on the look at our pretty CG model and action, <laughs> you know? And it's like... yeah. Uh, for me, it was a, it was weird mix of, it's a step up in technology from where they were, but it was a step down also mm-hmm. in yeah. that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still appreciate it. I, I think that's why one of the reasons I gravitated to the freeway scene so much because it was so much of it was practical yeah. and, and, and well done in that way. But I totally see what you're saying. And yeah, I, I didn't sort of realize that the, the bullet time was pretty much way more computerized, I think. It was smoother, but yeah. I feel like you did lose some of the realism in that. Yeah, because um, there wasn't any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's go with uh, Ketos next. Was the CG something you disliked at all, or did something else? Uh, was something else worse for you? You know, actually, it didn't really bother me very oh, much, yeah. the CG. Like, I, I can understand. At the time, yeah. they did the best they can, you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not like it. it's 
to me it wasn't that bad like it mm-hmm. didn't take me out of the scene i still yeah. enjoyed it like paul's saying yeah um uh but for me something i did dislike was uh that uh, the whole morpheus niobe lock uh love triangle plot oh, yes really? i it kind of was like i, I just needed. didn't really care for it and yeah, yeah i don't know how needed it really was it mm-hmm. seemed just like this like hollywood thing put into the movie for yeah i think you could have had yeah. I, I tell me if you would have preferred this uh Kitos, if it was there was some romance between uh, Niobe and, and Morpheus, but it just never worked out for some whatever reason. I, I feel like that would have worked better I, yeah. than having Locke be a part of this. I, I don't think, yeah. I think Locke added yeah. a, an interesting tension, but more on that later for a future episode. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Okay. Uh, uh, David, what, were there any sort of uh, story beats like a love triangle or uh, CG elements or, or visuals that you actually didn't care for in Matrix Reloaded? Trinity's Matrix persona. I, I don't know that. I guess that this is a dislike for me because I don't like she goes, you know, very almost like very relaxed, very thing. She plugs into the Matrix and it's almost like there's like a pole, like she's all angles. Like even her movements are very robotic. It's like huh. you're unplugged, girl. I mean, like her head movements are almost on like the like almost like you're looking at a computer. I'm like you're unplugged. You're not a, a, a sentinel. You're not. Um, I don't know. It just hers. Just I mean, there was several, but hers especially was like okay, you're unplugged. Um, act. Now act don't act like you're you're a robot. That's don't act. some that's people have a hard time jumping with Mario and not moving the controller even after years, you know. It's just even after being unplugged, it's still hard to, to let go of that. Maybe and so that this is not related to that at all. But I will say for me, and it might be a more of a personality type, but I actually I actually prefer to move in a very like um, um, deliberate, like sharp way, and I, I, I guess less organic in a way. Like if I could move that way, I almost would want to move that way because I feel like it's it's very like um, with purpose. And when she's in the matrix, she's very like has has exact purpose. She's moving toward, and she's going to get there. Like nothing's going to stop her. Strike I'll tear that building down. Uh, or that building's going in five minutes. I'll tear that whole gosh darn building down. I mean, it's just very on point. Uh, n- nothing's going to stop her. And actually, really, uh, that appealed to me. I didn't notice it in her movements. Maybe with you saying that, David, I would pick up on it a lot more. But. That's uh, that's my take, but that's totally fair that that's something you don't like. I could see that because, yeah, she's not she's not in the Matrix anymore. It makes sense that she would have more of a a general motion. Um, so, uh, understandable. Uh, I'm just quick curious, Kitos or Paul, did you pick up on that at all, or did that no, bother you with Trinity? Never even thought of it. You know, honestly, I never had the words to say it, but now that you know, um. Now that it's been said, I, I totally get it. I totally do see that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe it's right. her leather suit that's very restrictive. <laughs> true, true, true. Just real quick, guys. I was, I'm confused. When it's shiny like that, is that more of a plastic thing or is that actual leather still? It's just somehow really shiny. I don't know. I haven't worn it in years. 
I think it's just polished leather, like leather okay. that's been polished. Because uh, okay. I used to have a leather jacket, and mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't that shiny, but I have seen leather that is that shiny. But hers right. is almost like Catwoman Tim Burton shiny. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Paul. That's what I was talking about. But, okay, David, yeah. So I, I totally get where you're coming from there, even though I don't agree. But thank you for sharing that uh, perspective. Wow, uh, sorry, David. <laughs> he doesn't agree. Paul... <laughs> What wasn't agreeable for you about this film? Oh my gosh, uh, I I sometimes I get a little bit heady, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me. It's like they didn't even watch the first movie. These people in this movie, because the whole <laughs> thing about fighting the agents is that they move so fast they can dodge bullets, and even on the freeway chase, um, Trinity is shooting him. And he's dodging bullets. Yep. Yet, okay, Neo fights him you know, in the first movie, but mm-hmm. now everybody's fighting these agents where before they were too fast. Now, all of a sudden they're not moving fast for some reason. It's, it doesn't make sense. The first movie shows that you cannot move fast enough to fight and defeat an agent. You have to go beyond it. You have to go through their code. Mm-hmm. So why are they even fighting these agents? Like why because is they believe no, 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 physically fighting like the whole I, thing in the in the Murray, the Frenchman's uh, house where he's fighting all those people. Those are all these, agents, though. No, those but are they programs. are programs. And so like, OK, fine. Before then, in the meeting, when the agents come and he goes, yeah. hmm, upgrades. Well, what does that mean that? Oh, now I have to physically fight you. Fine. You can't defeat them. They move too fast or you have to move just as fast and it would all be blurry kind of a thing but it's not it doesn't make sense why they're fighting these agents the only way to fight them is through to to mess with their code at least that's what the first movie showed us so honestly the only other agent fight i recall is morpheus and the agent on the truck but that's just because he has to do something to keep him from taking the the key master so i yeah and and no there's all these there's agents at the beginning there's agents throughout where they try to fight them and it's I, it doesn't make I sense to me. Don't I am not remembering other moments of Did you other fall than, asleep? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I just do not remember any other moments other than Morpheus and Neo okay. trying to take on the These agents. These agents are computer programs, right? Yes. So I assume other programs can fight oh, like them. I guess Trinity at the end, but she was running from them. So okay. Anyways, continue, Paul. I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So like the whole it doesn't make sense to me why, especially Neo. Mm-hmm. I Yes, it makes for a good action movie, mm-hmm. but logically it doesn't make sense. It's kind of like once you learn to use the force, you don't have to do a lightsaber battle like Empire showed. You could like throw things at people using the force or push them away. It's, okay. There's no need to are, physically are fight. You, are you trying to say Neo should have just zoomed into every agent and just destroyed their code too? Yes. Okay, okay. I can I can buy that, I suppose. Wall through the, walls or whatever. He can yeah. make walls bend at the end and all of a sudden he's like, ugh, running into stuff. And it's like, why? You can fly right through it. Like it's all code. <laughs> Uh, I don't, maybe it takes a lot of a mental toll on Well, maybe it that. needs to make sense. <laughs> classic, or not classic maker, but that's a dislike. All right. That's, that's fair, Paul. Um, and I'd say that's actually a pretty substantial dislike. Um, there were some, there were certainly some things like that that were sort of plot holy and didn't make sense going from this one to the other one. 
I, they don't come to mind at the moment, so I'll bring them up if they do come to mind. But regardless, oh, I, I definitely got one. That's my tragic maker. Okay, oh, well, let's we're hear it. about to get into tragic makers, Kito. So go for it. Yeah. So speaking of plot holes and Neo having these abilities and yeah. he doesn't use them, why mm-hmm. didn't he save the keymaker? Yeah, he couldn't he get to him. Com- he was in the room with him. Yeah, he yeah. could have literally saved him just like he saved uh, Trinity. Uh, Trinity. Oh, yeah. like by flying him out? No, by just healing his gunshot wounds. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean it toward the end? I thought you yeah. meant in yeah. the room with all the keys where they found no, him. No, okay, no, no, no. Okay. At, at the end, when the key maker gets shot, right? Oh. He can literally rewrite the code in his body. Right. Okay. And then kiss yeah. him and wake him up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that part, but <laughs> Maybe he wasn't as motivated. <laughs> He's just a program. Oh, you've done your purpose? Okay. Well, oh, there is that element too, though, uh, uh Kizos, and based mm-hmm. on what Paul said, maybe he was able to do that for other humans, but not actual programs. Maybe there's something different about their code that he can't necessarily fix. He might be able to dis- destroy it in the case of Agent Smith, but he can't but fix no, it. No, the whole thing with Morpheus at the training ground says some rules can be bended Bent, and others broken. broken. Some, yeah. yeah, completely yeah. broken. Yeah. 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 I, so, I, I, I don't know. To me, it seems like a plot hole. And okay. It was like they had to get rid of the Keymaker, even though they have this basically, yeah. you know, all, all powerful being Neo who can yeah. actually save him, and he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I get how that. Yeah, could... rewrite the code, Neo. Gosh. Yeah, geez. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> if only you were like maybe some sort of, sort of like code hacker or something that they established. Oh wait, they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they need Bill and Ted to come on the excellent adventure to come help him. Whoa. Um, whoa. <laughs> uh, David, what what's something that you hated most about Matrix Reloaded? I think they pulled Smith out too early in the Matrix. Mm. Um, yeah. Getting into a little bit of spoiler, you know, he's going to be the, the big, bad super virus that literally uh, will cause a whole lot of trouble for the Matrix. What's he doing that early already? You know, you could maybe a couple of scenes where he's corrupting agents, uh, corrupting the the red pills. Yeah. Um, but that one scene where he in the, the courtyard after the Oracle, I'm like, hello, you're announcing yourself. To the super program, hey, um, there's a thing that can replicate and has taken over a whole bunch of your programs. Uh, you might want to deal with it if you can yeah. while it's small. So I think they pulled Smith out. They could have made Smith kind of a threat in this one, mm-hmm. but they kind of made like even sticking him in that in that hallway in the in the uh, programmer space and you know doing all the fighting there. It's like uh, you're not picking up that there's a problem. Yeah. That's that's a good point. It's almost like it's not. Well, I think we get this impression, and maybe this maybe this is a a a, a counter to that impression. That I think we sort of have this idea that the matrix inside of the matrix, the computer is all powerful, and this is sort of a nod to it's not. It's not a, aware of every single facet of every single uh, thing that's happening, especially for things like uh, matrix, uh, Neo, Morpheus, all the the people, all the resistance, as well as Agent Smith, everyone who's unplugged, maybe it isn't aware of of what's going on. And maybe there is something with, with this virus that it doesn't allow for. Like the first thing it does when it's replicating another uh, uh, instance of a person, it uh, jams the signal 
to to let them the matrix know that there's something going on. I, I don't know. I'm sort of like. Well, it would still trigger a um, a thing of, hey, I'm starting to lose more people than normal. Yeah. What's going on? A lot of people. What was the last thing they, they encountered? Wait, that's Smith. That's Smith. Hold on. Logically, in all the mathematics that the architect does, he should like, wait, this is a problem that we need to eliminate before it becomes exponentially greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's fair. Uh it, well, I think, go, oh, go ahead. I, I think the architect kind of actually says why he lets it uh, become a problem, quote unquote, mm. a problem. It's because mm-hmm. one, they're willing to like let him let uh, the code basically run rampant, mm-hmm. and they're willing to not even have humans exist at all if oh, necessary. Yeah. There are some forms of uh, was it survival or existence that, that we are, are we are yeah prepared for yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, what does he know? He's but, just a stupid program. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, and then he also says the reason Smith is this powerful problem because Neo is a powerful problem. And it's their equation of the matrix trying to balance it out, balance out this all-powerful Neo with an all-powerful program. Oh, um, I didn't realize that the, the that the Agent Smith was something that they had uh, wanted I thought that the program had wanted. Well, allowed. I don't think. Yeah, it's, or that they allowed I don't it. think okay. it's wanted. It's more. Yeah, allowed. Add to balance the equation. Got it. Do you guys? Yeah. Do you guys wonder? I, I was wondering this. This might get into more of territory um, for revolution. But do you think that a, the Agent Smith virus was something that happened in the previous iterations of the Matrix? I tend to think not. But yeah, what do you I guys think, this, think. I don't know. I, I would think not as well. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I this is me personally talk about other iterations since the architect talked about it in this movie. When I first saw it, I didn't believe him. I was like, "Uh, "You could tell me there was a hundred iterations. I don't care. It doesn't matter." That's right. I remember (laughs) I was having that discussion. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm I'm going to change my opinion now that I think about it. Right? I think Smith could have been a thing before. Right? Uh, Um, because Every time Neo got to the architect before, uh-huh. he mm-hmm. didn't choose like love and to save right. Trinity and all right. that. He mm-hmm. chose to integrate himself into the source and restart Zion. Yeah. So, so maybe that it, it, so, it, Agent yeah. Smith could have been a problem, but that that choice always corrected it. So they yeah, didn't have it, it doesn't it. matter because they would reboot the Matrix anyways. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'm just curious. Well, we'll that talk about sense. the. We'll talk about more. I I'm curious. What do you think was the the thing that made this time different? That Neo he, picked something different, but that maybe the other for, door. <laughs> I know. Why did he choose the other door though? Because he, the problem he is had choice. the hot, hot for Trinity. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sure that happened in other versions no, anyway. No, they all chose the other door because they chose no, the more logical door. Yeah, he chose no, the, the illogical. The, the architect even says his previous iterations did, right. not, um, did not choose that. Right. Yeah, they, but is that because they didn't have a... A, someone they loved? And that's yeah, they, they probably yeah, did, he, he but said, they were willing to sacrifice. Yeah, he literally says they have... Uh, the previous iterations had a general love for humanity, while yeah. Neo has a specific love for a specific human. So right. that seems and to tell me different. that the previous versions didn't have someone specifically loved. Like yes, no, exactly. no, they did. That's why there was another door to choose from. 
But they oh, just yeah, they would have had another door. door. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, or maybe, well, we're getting into the philosophical underpinnings of this. We need to get back to the things we hated about this movie. <laughs> I, it is one of the things I hated about the movie. <laughs> I'll tell you why. All right, all right, all right. Uh, thank you, uh, David, for yours. Yeah, I, I, I get that. It doesn't, that aspect of it doesn't make a lot of sense, but... That wasn't something that really stood out to me. The thing that stood out to me the most as my tragic maker for Matrix Reloaded was I just do not understand the point of the rave and the rave scene and showing so much of Neo and Trinity um, their lovemaking. I, <laughs> I, I knew Francisco was going to choose this. Oh, really? Now, I will yeah. say that last shot where they like uh, pull away in stages from Neo and Trinity, I feel like that is such a beautiful shot even in their nakedness i think that just looks so beautiful and cinematic i definitely keep that i don't think you need the whole like partying on and where's all that moisture coming from is that just them sweating what? everywhere yeah. that's so gross yeah oh man it's a cave full of people uh, where's the moisture gonna go it doesn't evaporate know. into the air uh, <laughs> it just seems so it just seems so gross but that's me uh, in my prudish ways, I suppose. No, but uh, I mean, I I'm guess I sort of assume Trinity and, and Neo are married in some way, some Zion marriage ritual, but I have no idea for sure. Regardless, um, I didn't need to see as much of it as they showed. I get I wouldn't mind them hinting at some and ending with the shot that they ended on. But that's that was my tragic maker. It didn't seem necessary to the plot of the film at all. I uh, Disagree, but fine. Oh, okay. Tell me why you disagree. I'm curious. Because there should be more, more, <laughs> no. set, more, no. set. Um, more so with the rave part, right? I mean, okay. it it shows like humanity. I mean, yeah. there's it shows it's one aspect. Sorry, not all of humanity, but it does show an aspect that the the that the machines lack. It's this yes. idea of celebration of of Community. the fact that human beings can actually, I don't know, engage in ritual. I don't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Machines don't do this kind of. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Oh, so, but, but if that were the case, they need to contrast that like just visually with the storytelling to something that's very machine centric. And I don't remember them going right away to something that's yeah, very no. mechanized. Yeah, this whole movie I is can agree with you on that. Oh, they God, wanted to Paul. show the opposite side, like, yeah, you know, like I shagged a rotten baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I can agree with you there, Francisco. They could have added some kind of juxtaposition or something yeah. to really, to really hit that oh, show the contrast. Home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's. Yeah. I mean, what you say, Paul, what you say, Kitos is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I had not thought of it in that dimension. And that's that's actually a very keen insight. Yeah, I just wish the visual storytelling had mm -hmm. ha had punctuated that more yeah. because I think that yeah. would to make have been it more. Great. Yeah, to make it more yeah. uh, less. Sorry, I'm trying to think the word escapes me. Sorry, less vague. Less... No, it's um, excessive is not the right. It, it seems like. What do they call it when there's like two? They they say like there's too oh, much sex in a movie. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Exhibitionist? Um, oh, no, 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 I totally like know what you're talking about. Extra. Not grotesque. It's something no, like that. It's, though. It, but it's like extra, and it's like they. Yeah. 
they don't have a yin and yang for like a it's like non-purposeful without yeah it. yeah oh geez that word is totally yes, escaping me that that word? Paul. i'm sure people can no it's not provocative it right um it's um gratuitous gratuitous yes that's it yes <laughs> And that's my tragic uh, maker for this episode. Is yeah, that right. I couldn't think of that word. My goodness. Well, Paul, what's your tragic maker for the movie? How about All what's right. up with you? For the Matrix Reloaded, tragic maker is that <laughs> this movie does not make sense. I what? mean, here Neo is trying to destroy the machines, destroy the Matrix, so the humans go free. He meets the architect. You know what? Instead of destroying him, like jumping into his code and destroying him, <laughs> he's just going to let, oh, I'm going to actually sit here and listen to you. And actually, <laughs> you present two options, which is a, you know, is a false dichotomy. But as a machine, that makes sense. There's mm -hmm. on and off. I let's understand that they think that way. So, yeah, you, it's either one or two doors. That's fine. But Neo to actually take one of those two doors doesn't make sense to me. But what really doesn't make sense okay. is that all of a sudden something's different now. I can feel the machines and he's able to stop them with his mind. And like in the real world, that does not make sense. It's it does. And they have no way of explaining like, oh, my mind is like in, in the move in the matrix and in the real world at the same time. And I can blow these machines up with my my hand just by like pointing it at them. It doesn't make sense. Well, I so here's how I took it, Paul. This is this is sort of how I I think of it. And I think you have to make mental leaps to get here, but this is sort of how I think of then it. Then it doesn't that, make sense. <laughs> All right, go ahead. That there's something about their equation or whatever it is that the architect talks about that allows the one to serve sort of, uh, 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 um come up through the the matrix that like there is a one however many times it happens i'm sorry and, i'm not listening to you like i'm not listening to the architect it's all <laughs> words it doesn't matter just do action boom go I, so what I, you, I, you know, are you saying that because he chose the door through trinity it enabled him his mind to be in both worlds and all of a sudden attack <clears throat> machines with his hands no, no. i th i think because there's something about the the machine setup that we have to have this chosen one for whatever reason so that the equation balances so that we they give them they imbue the chosen one whoever it is neo in this case that's only with some the world the matrix listen, not in the real with, world listen i'm listening let me talk okay with they imbue his him his like uh residual self-image or whatever it is that thing that's in the matrix with some code that allows him to have all these abilities okay and that because they put the code in that code because it's somehow connected with uh his mental faculties is still whenever he sort of surges out from his mind it is connected in some way through to back to the source back into back uh out to the sentinels and that's how he's able to stop them it's Point just the order. force paul it's the force it, it yes, is go the ahead. force yeah um, that go ahead, one thing uh, that um that made like when the architect talks about when the one goes in there there's something Boring. about they're messing with his code <laughs> they're messing with his code or they're going to use uh -huh. it look at his code what if while he was in there talking to the architect they're already doing that but he also to do that they opened himself up to the actual code of the matrix because they were going to add oh. the his particular peculiarities to the code of the matrix baloney uh, he's already in the matrix they can look at his code anytime before he was unplugged and after uh, I think it's opening himself up, right? I mean, that was just one idea. That's how I kind of like 
okay, maybe that's since he opened himself up to the Matrix's code being with the architect in that room, it may be like, oh, it's kind of, they forgot to to close the gate. Oh, they forgot to turn the VPN off. Okay. (laughs) Also, also, Paul, like, that's the other thing, right? Um, That's kind of where the Oracle comes in and what she says. It's all about, um, I almost equate the choices people make to them writing code for themselves. So even if they look at the history of Neo's code, right? It won't show the ones code because the ones code doesn't exist yet because Neo hasn't made those choices. Ah, that's a good point. Yes. Paul looks lost. Paul's looking at me like I'm the architect. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Okay. Here's, here's, all right. Here, here. I have, I have a simple thing. If he has control in the matrix, that's fine. That is, um, let's, let's call the matrix a holodeck. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But once you are outside the holodeck, and this is where Star Trek gets it wrong too. They like, oh no. <laughs> Somehow you still affect machines that are not even attached to the holodeck. You can blow them up with your mind. It doesn't then, make sense. Okay. They are connected to the holodeck because well, they're, they're not. So, yes, no, it's a hive mind. Hacking, one is for all no, of the matrix is is interlinked via this expansive network. Yeah, it's a World Wide Web. Just because exactly. you visited Yahoo doesn't mean that you can blow up the White House. If I take, if I'm able, if I take down a server over yonder, it's going to affect all the other servers. And you're like, you're not going to be able to access the information on that server. So let's say Facebook goes down. That doesn't mean I can hop on the freeway and stop cars with my bare hands. (laughs) Okay. There's only one explanation. That's because you're not the one, Paul. Oh, (laughs) there's only one explanation. He is the one because he's actually a mutant X-Men. Okay. And he has Wi-Fi powers. That's it. We got it. Nailed it. It doesn't make sense with the rest of the movie is what you're saying. All right, well, fine, Paul. You know what? Let's see if our final ratings make sense because it's time to get to our final ratings right now because we've entered all our our trajectories into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? No. Okay. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. Do we rate The Matrix Reloaded? A classic. We'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not you've seen this before. I would stipulate that you probably you need to see The Matrix, the first one. To... I don't know. Do you? <laughs> they didn't follow some of the rules. Why? <laughs> okay, I'm going to stipulate. I'm the captain. That's the rule I'm making. All right. Um, so take All these right. reins in the context of that. Uh, so we do we rate a classic. We recommend anyone go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth rewatching if you saw it as, I guess, a kid watching radar movies or just a young adult. You've seen it in the past and you remember enjoying it. Yeah, watch it again. But if you've never seen it before, pass. Or would we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time. If you've never seen it before, keep it that way. And if you have seen it before, any don't rewatch it because any fond memories you have of it will be sullied. Let's begin with uh, Ketos this time. What is your final reign for The Matrix Reloaded? And your 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 mm-hmm. prediction was classic. Did it stay true to that? It did. Um, I definitely think this film is a classic. I think, especially in the context of watching it with all the films, it's a classic. If you've only seen it, this film, 
I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be a classic, but <laughs> you'd be like, what is going on here? <laughs> what? Is, what? <laughs> who, who is this? <laughs> but definitely, if you've seen the first one, going into this one, it will instantly be a classic too. Very cool. Uh, David, you uh, predicted nostalgic. Did it stay nostalgic or change for you? I'm going to upgrade it to a classic. Um, oh, wow. Okay. It is part of, you know, as I was thinking kind of, the, the, you know, listening, it's, it is part of you. It's something you've got to experience once and it's, you know, it is worth watching again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to upgrade it to a classic. Awesome. Uh, Paul, I, I, given what your, your tragic maker was, I'm curious if that swayed you. So you had predicted classic. What was your final yeah. rating for it? Yeah, um, as much as the great uh, visuals and and dialogue and the fact that this movie makes no sense when you stop to think about it, it actually, I had to knock it down to nostalgic. Wow. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's how much it bugs me sometimes. But not enough to make it a tragic. All right. I, um, I know I said there's a lot I liked, but... I think it's actually tragic. What? That anyone would what? not call this a classic. Oh, Come on, Paul. Me. What are you talking wow. about? <laughs> you got me. Wow. Oh, you know um, what? No. I think I'm going to change my rating to tragic because it's going to tick you off. No. I'm keep Just out of spite. That's uh, right. The reflux capacitors run on, on dollars and spite. Nice. Um, <laughs> Gotta keep well, it going. According to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate the Matrix Reload a uh, disputed classic film. We'd recommend anyone go out and see this, whether or not you've seen it before. But now it's time to get back to our own time out of the Matrix. Good old 20XX. 20 20XX? 20 Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. Feels good to be back, except now oh, yeah. I don't have my steak. I just have this slop. Oh, well. Womp, womp. Uh, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 2003 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenbitter, Pastor Deucen, Kenneth and Rajim Jotaku, Ryan Lingle. I'm running out. Ran out of breath hopefully and not patient. yeah okay redeem yotaku that's our babo josh adams d tungsten andy lewis jeff the dapper man reviews tony from the retro days mr loss and daryl hafner in addition to 10 other awesome patrons as well thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming and if you help keep us flying for as little as one dollar a month and you can get bonus content for your generosity head over to retrorewindpodcast.com slash support to help us grow via patreon subscribe star or paypal and while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a big virtual hug to our guests for supporting us with their thoughts and on about Matrix Reloaded. So we're going to start uh, alphabetically and go with uh, David. Where can people find you online? Or is there anything cool you got going on people should know about? Uh, I uh, do a devotional podcast every Sunday, most Sundays called The Enthusiast devotional podcast it sometimes gets accidentally referred to during when francisco says enthusiast 
But, no, uh, I I have trouble saying enthusiast. I want to say enthusiast all the time, but all right. Yeah. Um, enthusiast? Yeah. E-N-T-H-U-T-H-E-I-S-T. Okay. Uh, it's a, we are just now go- finishing up our um, series going through What If. For Christmas, we're going to be oh, looking nice. at uh, lessons from a mean one, three different Grinches, three different conversations, and then... Oh. Something special coming up in uh, January. I'm not quite ready to announce that, but that Ooh. look forward to talking about those. Very fun. Intriguing. Awesome. <laughs> All right. And Keith, though, so glad you're able to join us. Uh, where can people find you online? Or is, anything, or is there anything cool you got going on? Um, let's see. People can find me online at uh, on my Twitter. It's at CoolDeluxe, uh, Q-O-O-L-D-E-L-U-X-X. Um and then also, um, I do have a uh, tech support website that I run. Um, so if you ever need personalized tech support, um, you can go to T-E-Q-S-U-P-P-O-R-T dot online. So that's tech support with a Q uh, dot online. Um, and you can get tech support for whatever issues you may be having on your computer. I can help you with. Fantastic. Thank you again so much. Uh, David, thank you so much. Kitos for being on the show is awesome. Having you both back. Yeah, it's great and to be here. Great to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. So glad. Uh, and a hearty thanks to those of you. Yes, you listening uh, right now, whether it's your first time uh, or, uh, of course, anyone who's listening that's part of the Rad Rewinder community, you all who watch us live every week, whether we're, we're recording this podcast or playing retro games, you're all an amazing group of people helping to sustain the pod. But if you are looking for ways to get involved in growing this Retro Rewind endeavor, reach out to us on social media where we are at Retro Rewind Pod pretty much everywhere. Uh, buy some of our merch. You could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, you could become a monthly patron or you could simply just share your favorite episode of the podcast with a friend so that more people can enjoy the content of the Retro Rewind podcast, be it uh, a dog or yeah. a human. Share, share it with your dog. <laughs> Obey my dog. Choice <laughs> is an illusion created between those with power and those without. You have a choice to do that or not. And you have been listening to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 238, our review of The Matrix Reloaded with me as your XO, PaulJPowers.com. You can find me online and all my socials at PaulJPowers.com. All right. Thank you for being an amazing friend. So glad you're not just a Matrix illusion, Paul, but you're the real deal. Yeah. And it's been another fun voyage with you. I have been and continue to be the captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter at FXRetro underscore, especially if you need pixel artwork commissioned. We're all here to do what we're all here to do. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. We are now part of the Culture Box Media Network. Francisco says, I can change this, so I'm changing it. Find it at culturebox.media because, you know, it's cool. They have shows there that unpack truth through story, comedy, geekery. So is that cool?
That's cool, Paul. Thank you, XL. <laughs> Thank right. you all for listening. <laughs> we pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for The Matrix Revolutions, our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Wow, we're handling three Matrix movies? I wonder if it's similar to handling three different women at once. Let's ask young Indiana Jones! <laughs> then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Trust me. Are you making this up as you go along? Yeah. Don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones. Mission accomplished. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad. It's a new experience for me. It happens to me all the time. Welcome to chapter 21 of our reviews of Young Indiana Jones, where we go through the whole adventures of Young Indiana Jones. Is that what it's called, Paul? Yes. Very oh, good. Finally got it. Finally got it. Yeah, it took 21 chapters, but he got there. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll upload the last one here. Yeah, we only have one more to go. Let's see if you can hold on. <laughs> well, uh, so we are uh, in between our reviews, our Christmas reviews of the the three, count them, three Indiana Jones movies. We have been covering the Young Indiana Jones series. And we're, yeah, like I said, we're up to chapter 21. And Paul, will you give us the technical specs of this episode? Yes. Uh, this is, like you said, chapter 21. It's titled Young Indiana Jones and the Scandal of 1920. Mm -hmm. It uh, originally aired on April 3rd, 1993, and it is one full episode, unlike most of the other chapters that are comprised of two episodes spliced together. So mm -hmm. uh, do you want to give us a, a try to give us a one sentence plot synopsis of this yes chapter. yes i mean we sort of hinted at there in that in the lead-in but indiana jones essentially meets three women and tries to date them all and gets exhausted and gets a cake in his face at the end <laughs> ba -dum -bum, ba -dum -bum. <laughs> that's <laughs> cake that's <laughs> That's oh, womanizing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So let's uh, first start with something we liked about this episode. Let's start with David. What's something you enjoyed about this uh, episode of Young Ann Jones? And you've seen one of these before, correct? This is my third. Third? Oh, oh my gosh. Hey, my two. Welcome oh, really? To okay, perfect. Okay, so say, what did you like about of, this one? Speaking of Culture Club, I would say it's going to be the music. Um, oh, okay. Kind of bringing in some of the, like, Gershwin, Irving Berlin, um, mm -hmm. even the guy with the top hat. I can't think. I looked him up. He is somebody, and that's uh, when my baby smiles at me. Those are actually real people in yes. the 1920s. And kind of bringing uh -huh. in that, that, you know, that whole spirit of the music in including the scandals, those are there really were the scandals were a kind of a contrast to the follies. The mm, follies. Interesting. It's, it's all that music. That would be, that's my, um, that's my like. 
Okay. Very nice. cool. Uh, Kijos, what's something you liked? I'm sorry there are no like uh, no uh, telegrams that had to go through a bunch of paperwork channels to get something done. But <laughs> No, but there was a bunch of women to juggle, so that's... <laughs> Honestly, um, the only thing I really liked was uh, just the setting, right? I love mm-hmm. the, the whole 1920 aesthetic and everything, and, and everyone's like fashion and clothes and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I, so I enjoyed the atmosphere okay. of the episode, but mm-hmm. how it looked in terms of I, the period I, and stuff. I, yeah. That's funny because of all the, the episodes that we've seen, I thought this one was most like the, the other one that we saw with him trying to go through all the paperwork <laughs> rigmarole. Yeah, just like, I can so see I that. thought if, if any other episode that you would like keep those, cause I know you like that episode, it would be this one. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it reminded me very much of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but something I liked was uh, because I've seen uh, uh, other episodes and chapters, I enjoyed seeing some of the actors come back, like uh, the musicians uh, from the previous chapter. A couple of them were there, mm-hmm. the clarinet and the singer. And even um, Jay Underwood came back. He was a little bit. Yeah. Why was Hemingway back in? I didn't get why he's, he's there. He's in. New York around that time just to have him back and he was kind of a jerk and it and it was I loved seeing Mark Holton who played the the chubby he's he's from um in Teen Wolf he played uh, chubby and in uh Pee-wee's Big Adventure he played Was he Francis. one of the critics? He's one was of he... the, the the critics that Hemingway okay. called Fatso to be quiet. I thought I <laughs> recognized him. Okay, okay. So it was fun to rec- to see those other actors in that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, for me, I. <sighs> it's no, we're on the likes, Francisco. We're I... on the likes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh no, the the actress. I he he's the one that she's that Indy stays with. Like he oh, when yeah. he comes in your Anne Hayes. I Anne Hayes. I that was her character name or the actress That's or the actress name. I thought she was the best. I really. I, I thought oh, she... now we're playing favorites. Okay. Yeah, I am going to play favorites. He <laughs> obviously he should have been with her of all the people. I mean, because uh, no. once if you if you're able to stay with the with the rich person, you're set for life. No, but she was so uh, boring. And then yeah. the the singing guy was was nice and sweet. I hate that he uh, left her because he forgot the time originally. But I mean, if well, he's... apparently he has no clue about time at all because he's thirty <laughs> minutes late for everything. Right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> if not hours <laughs> yeah. late. Okay. Well, we're not yeah. getting into our dyslexia. I mean, all I guess. Right, all right. I all guess right. we are, can are, actually. Are we, we going because... through of the three? Who would you rather see him pick? Paul, if you have those names up. Uh, let us know what the, um, the there's the there's Kate and Gloria and Peggy. So if you okay. remember which one was which, Peggy uh, was the singer. I remember yes. that because she said she's Margaret. Her friends called her Peggy. Yes. Um, and then I think Gloria was the rich one, the blonde yes. rich one. And okay. then Kate was the the lady that he stayed with. Yeah. Okay. So for me, Kate is my pick. Yeah. Uh, I would actually you, have to. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, I think if any of them, I would pick Kate. She's mm-hmm. the most, I guess, um, uh, I don't know. She has the most synergy with Indiana Jones, who yeah. Indiana Jones is, you yeah, know? As far mm-hmm. as culture and... and yeah, and exactly. like life yeah. and yeah, and everything. Well, yeah. the other ones, not so much. Like, they're just 
it didn't pretty come faces that way. to him yeah, yeah. If, mm-hmm. if anything mm-hmm. like yeah yeah and i would yeah, have to she... agree if you're gonna spend like hours and i mean like 12 hours plus just talking and connecting on different levels then exactly there's, there's a lot more there than just um yeah uh, uh the, the physical or, or, or I was yeah. about to say yeah. on the surface level stuff yes yeah. yes yes, yes, yes yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so was kate your pick also then paul yeah yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll assume David would pick Kate also. Yeah. Um, oh, but uh, we have. So David said to just go on. Uh, right. So we, okay. we will message for. He's stuck in the matrix, so that's that's what oh, he's looking for. I, an operator, no one can. He's a hard line. He can't find. He would have oh, picked Peggy said, though. Oh, okay. So interesting. I'm curious why. And then we'll go ahead and go into dislikes now. And and David's was, uh, why did he give Peggy the watch? He knew Gloria mm. was in the theater. Why give something that Gloria would see? Yeah, I don't. I yeah. think it's just a, a way for them decisions. all to find out about each other. Yeah, he's not making good decisions. He's not sleeping very well, obviously, because he's mm. juggling all these women. And <laughs> yeah. His own fault. Fall, he uh, never sleeps. Right. <laughs> Jeez, geez Louise. Yeah, here he is working full time and then he's with and dating three women at the same time. How does yeah. he how does he keep going? It's just I don't, incredible. I well, have oh, no he's idea. under 21. So he still has that's that youthful true. energy. That's that's a good point. I guess that does help, but it definitely does does take a toll. And yeah, I I just I don't like the womanizing Indiana Jones. I can't think of in any movie is he like with multiple women? I think it's always just one. No, but this is how he learns. This I, is all stuff that leads up to it so that he has a he, way to with this women. This is episode 21. He hasn't learned a thing. He hasn't learned a thing. There's been no gradual progression in this in this area of his life. I saw he's certainly coming to maturation I, through going through the war I, I, and being I'm less... trying to find an argument against you and I can't. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah, so that's pretty much my dislike. I just really despise that he's like I mean, fine if he, he if he's going to uh just uh not so Peggy's the first girl he meets on the train and he has some connection with. That's fair. If he honestly, like like we've spoken to, he's talking with Kate throughout the night, just like going the whole night. And he so much so that he forgets. And then he he does. I think it's honorable. He does try to go and and find Peggy. That's, that's great. But he doesn't. Fine. He should just leave it lie. Not like. And if Peggy finds him, I forget exactly how that goes. Just say, you know what? I. I met someone else and just be honest and upfront. I mean, it's yeah. just ridiculous how he's trying to juggle everyone. Oh, that, I hate him so much. That's yeah. that's what I've found the most. That was my dislike is he's mm-hmm. he has that moment with the billiards and he's going, he's like, okay, I can't choose this one or I can choose this one, but I can't choose this one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he finally has a moment where he can say, okay, here's the pros and cons, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. okay. She's not Rachem. Fine. You get that joke? <laughs> that's cool. But here's his chance. Like, look, dude, you have to pick one or you get nothing. But of course, he winds up with nothing, you know, and that's frustrating because yes. here you have a chance. Here you have a moment to pick mm-hmm. one and go for that and say, I'm sorry to everybody else. But he doesn't do that. Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah, that was definitely a frustration. Uh, Kitos, what didn't you like? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree right with you guys on that the, that point. It, it's mm-hmm. literally like he, it's okay. 
I, I get there's like a learning curve, you know, as yeah. especially as Indiana Jones becomes young to, you know, what we get in the movies. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, there's there's right and wrong. And Indiana Jones knows what's right and wrong. OK. And juggling three women is very wrong. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Come on, like it's he's only wrong not if you sleeping. Get <laughs> <laughs> wow, Paul. Oh, wow. Man. No, that's not so, my philosophy. That's what some people say, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I get you. But yeah, no. So I don't know. It's just this episode is so weird on Indiana Jones' character because it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's not adventures again. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not an adventure. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. so like the the paperwork thing, it's just funny to me. But <laughs> yeah. this one is like it, it's it's showing a piece of his character that isn't really there in the movies or anything. Yeah. I don't know where yeah. this this comes from. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh well, there we go. I suppose. Um, well, so David, David got who, out of the Matrix. Welcome who, to, to who the tank. You help you or? Who who do you think he should choose between the three women? And you said Peggy. Do you know why? Um, I think she was probably, like someone else said, the most down to earth. Oh, yeah. Kate was a great for philosophy, but okay. Oh, <laughs> I hear magical tones. Is that Kate calling? No, someone's calling him to get out of the matrix now. It's like he oh. got out. Now he's call- someone else is calling him. It's Peggy. Say thank yeah, you for your support. <laughs> it's my Christmas music clock playing. I forgot. <laughs> Nice. Merry Matrix, everyone. I did Merry Matrix. <laughs> Merry Matrix. With the with Peggy, it would have to be that she was probably the most down to earth. Kate's a good philosophy. I don't think he could have dealt with Gloria um, for mm-hmm. long. Um, yes, yeah, she was pretty, but was she? I don't think he would have. <laughs> Are you saying philosophy is boring? Because if you ask the architect, I agree. If you're... <laughs> Uh, but that's that's fair. You uh, felt like Peggy was the most down to earth. That's totally fair, uh, uh, David. Well, let's now go around and say whether or not we don't give a, a, a final reign to our Young Indiana Jones Chronicle reviews. But given if this was given having watched this episode, would you want to go on to complete the series and watch the final episode or the remaining uh, ones. after this? Or oh, are there more than one? I thought it was no, just one if, more. If if you've only seen this one and maybe a couple more, is it enough to make you want to go back and watch the others? The right? others, or or finish off the series with the final one, right? So, uh, Kitos, would you want to continue and watch the next one, or no go back way. and watch more? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's only one more, and that's a, not even close. No, no, no. I'm no. I'm done here. The line must be drawn here, here, and no further. Um, uh, David, how about you? I was here for the train one. I was here for the vampire one. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm going to say two out of three would make me want to watch the re- some more of this okay. series because this one I enjoyed. I thought it was okay. fun. Shook uh, my head a lot with Indy this one, but I I would have been like, well, let me see some more of this. Yeah. I right. I kind of agree because I it, it wasn't as adventurous as I said, but it was an interesting look, and I enjoyed the history of the 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 ragtime tin pally tin pan alley music uh history behind that mm-hmm. so i'd be curious to to see the next episode if i had some downtime which i don't so probably not yeah <laughs> for for me i i was telling someone that this was 
45 minutes uh, that would have been better spent watching paint dry because I just detested this episode. So you watched this at double speed. Did you have a hard time enjoying the music or? (laughs) That might be it. Might be it. You didn't didn't have time to listen to the music. It was very, very peppy. (laughs) Watching at 2x speed. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sue me, okay? Yeah. What 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 did Austin say or whoever it was? It's a choice I, is an illusion. Oh, you had okay. to watch it to experience. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. I, I had choice. to. Yes. Yeah. Well, it sounds like according we're sort of split. It sounds like according to the Retro Mom podcast, maybe go see the next one, maybe not. But regardless, uh, that ends our review of episode 21, uh, Scandal of 1920. And for me, for Paul, for uh, David, and for Kitos, we bid you all a whoopah!